Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Blind Living Radio. My name is Danielle Crapel, and I'm in the studio with my co-host, Harley Thomas. Hello, Harley. Hello, Danielle. How are you today? Pretty good. How about you? Good. It's another week here on Blind Living Radio, and today our topic is going to be the history of the prosthetic eye. It is. I thought it'd be neat to share with our listeners a little bit more about the prosthetic eye, the history of it, what the new technologies with it are, things like that. Why do we even have prosthetic eyes? Right. It's kind of neat. Yeah. And this is one of the topics, Danielle, I was like, I don't know. Do we really want to talk about this? And I said, yes. And after doing a little research, yes, we should. We should, and it's a really fascinating topic. So why don't you give us maybe a little bit of history on the oldest known prosthetic eye. Why did it start? How did it start? What was it made of? And we'll compare and contrast then of today's. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. According to the research that I did, I found that the first prosthetic eye was worn by a woman between 2900 and 2800 BCE. The mummy, I believe she's a mummy, was found in Iran. And the eye that she wore was made of some kind of paste, and it was actually held into her eye socket with a piece of gold thread. Wow. A lot of the original prosthetic eyes were made of clay, and then they were painted to kind of look like an eye. And then just kind of worn on the outside to look like an eye. Right. So they were not actually put into the eye socket. They were kind of hung outside of it on a piece of cloth. So when did they, they, scientists, come up with the idea of, you know what, these things might work better if they were actually placed into the eye sock. So a lot of the evolution of the prosthetic eye happened around the 16th century, and that's when people started wearing them more inside the eye socket, uh, and they changed from the clay paste to enamel and glass. That's really a long time. It is a long time. From, uh, you know, 2900 B.C. till the 16th century. Right, but... There could have been some evolution between, you know, those two times and there just might not have been good documentation of it. Sure. So in the 16th century, the primary makers of prosthetic eyes were the Venetians. So Venice had it going on. If you wanted a prosthetic eye, you would go to Venice. But they were very uncomfortable and very fragile, too. And they were that's where the term glass eye comes from, I take it? It is, but it's actually... Well, and we'll get into this more later, but nowadays uh, the term glass eye is actually not the right term anymore. So, Danielle, if they're not made out of glass, what are glass eyes made out of these days? Uh, Nowadays they're made out of medical-grade silicone or acrylic plastic. Is that a hard silicone? It is. My eye, which for those of you who are listening, I am legally blind, and one of my eyes is kind of a little bit smaller than the other one, and so I wear what's called a scleral shell over it and it's actually made of the silicone and it bounces so it's it is hard but it's it's like a really hard bouncy ball yes but it's actually not a ball, a ball. which is another it's a sphere it, nope it's not a sphere either it's actually shaped like if you were to cut a ball in half it's it's more of that so it's got the flat back with the rounded front Gotcha. And that's something that came about 
because the Germans actually made a big advancement too in eye making because they had really good glass blowing techniques. Right. And so then Americans caught on to it and they started making glass eyes in America until World War II when the glass that they were using was no longer available. It was one of the materials that was cut off from It was being Europe. used for war efforts. Right. Sure. Right. So during the war, they actually started – that's when they developed the acrylic? Yep. They started using the acrylic plastic during the war, and then the techniques just advanced from there. And things have gotten better and better, and I know your your prosthetic eye looks very natural. Yes. And actually, it's really cool seeing a lot of the technological advances that are going on with them. People are putting cameras in them now. Um, they're making it to where the pupils can dilate, just like a real eye. So it's pretty amazing to see how far they've come. What are the advantages of you know, having a pupil dilate or putting a camera in the prosthetic eye? Well, I think one of the advantages is having the prosthetic act like a real eye is more of a confidence builder for the wearer. You know, it looks more natural, it feels more natural, so that that's confidence. And then also it definitely makes people feel like they're just talking to someone with, with no difficulties with their eyes. They're talking to someone just like themselves. And it might make the sighted person they're speaking with a little more comfortable. Exactly. You know, Danielle, now's probably a really good time for a short break and a word from our sponsor, Industries for the Blind. We'll be right back on Blind Living Radio. We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio is supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, creating employment opportunities for the blind and visually impaired from coast to coast. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio, supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Learn more at IBMILW.com. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. I'm Danielle Crapo, one of your hosts in the studio with Harley Thomas. Hello, Harley. Hello, Danielle. That was a great first half of the show, talking about the prosthetic eye and some of the history. Yeah, so when before the break, we were talking about how modern technology has made advancements with the prosthetic eye. And so nowadays, there are actually two basic kinds of prosthetic eye. Did you know that? I did not know. Yeah, so there's the integrated and the unintegrated. And the main difference is with the integrated prosthetic, the piece, we'll just call it the piece or the prosthetic, is actually put into the eye socket and it is molded to muscles. And so the muscles start actually growing into the prosthetic. And so it moves and it acts like a normal eye. And then the un- and that's a permanent. Yes, that so is permanent. permanently surgically inserted into your eye socket. Y- yes, that does not come out. And then the unintegrated is the eye like my shell where you know you can take it out to clean it um it doesn't it's not hooked to anything inside your eye socket at all so that's a big difference is is that one moves like a regular eye right obviously it doesn't work like a regular eye but it can move like a regular eye and when someone looks at you and looks at the eye your eyes can move and that's pretty that's pretty cool Yeah, it is. It's pretty neat. And the colors, you know, a lot of times people have prosthetics that are made with different colors in them, like purples and violets. Um, I know a girl in high school who actually got a star painted on her prosthetics, on the pupils of her prosthetics. That was kind of different, you know. 
And then with my shell, the lady that was putting the color into it actually looked at my family's eyes and kind of tried to match the color as closely as she could to their eyes. So she was trying to make you match the rest of the family so that you fit in with your brothers and sisters. Exactly. I think that makes a whole lot of sense from a confidence building standpoint. That's the whole reason for the prosthetics to start with, right? Exactly. As, as popular as prosthetics are getting, you know, with the technology and the updates that are going on, there are actually very few people who make prosthetics. There is no actual official university training that's going to say, I am going to school to be an ocularist, which is what the designers are called, because it's such a blend of art and science. There's no, you know, actual coursework that you can take to become an expert. Um, you actually have to do an apprenticeship with someone that's already an ocularist. So the ocularists, are they MDs? They are not MDs. They are not MDs? No. So they're basically art people that design these things in a, with a sterile substrate? Yeah, and and what they do is they do have a little bit, I would assume a little bit of medical training because they have to fit the prosthetic to your eye or to, you know, to your eye socket or what's left of your eye if you do have your eye still. So they do have to know, you know, how to use the syringe to inject the silicone and how to do basic sterilization for the prosthetics. And a lot of these businesses that do run the studios or the design locations for the prosthetics are actually family owned. So a lot of it is techniques and tips that are passed down between generations. It's more like a trade that a tradesman would do. Which is meaning it's passed down from generation to generation. And it sounds like with the lack of specific coursework in a university, like you mentioned, the blacksmith passing it on from father to son or mother to daughter, father to daughter. Exactly. Kind of neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Kind of neat. So as a sighted person, and I, many of our listeners are sighted that want to understand you know, living with the blind, whether they have a spouse that's blind or a friend that's blind or, or just a general interest, care of your fake eye. Can I call it fake eye? Sure. Because I don't want to offend you. Oh, no, that's, that's I'm afraid funny. of offending you, Danielle. That's okay. <laughs> fake eye. We could call it a glass eye, even though that's wrong. Right. You know, some of the questions that, that I've thought about are, and you and I have talked from time to time, different people have different levels of their eye missing. Right. Right. Thus the silicone and the injection and making it the right shape. Right. So different people have parts of their eyes. So for me, my eye is all intact. It's just because it it's lost its functionality it is kind of shrunk and so if i were to take out my shell it would look very uneven as opposed to my other eye so mine is more of a cosmetic balance reason that i need to wear it but some people don't have any of their eye left at all and some people might have a little piece of it so it just it's an individual basis okay so whenever you're putting anything on top of a body part what kind of care do you need to take of the of the eye itself or can you sleep in it can you go swimming in it what does how do you care for it care for the eye so i just wash it with mild soap and water uh like a baby shampoo um i do it at night and then i put it back in so i sleep with it i can go swimming with it i take showers with it it it's it goes everywhere and i wear it just like you know you would wear nail polish or you know something like that it's i don't even know it's there half the time sure and then once a year, I take it in to get just a polish, like an actual real deep clean and a polish from the ocularist. 
Okay, and there are ocularists all around the country, I take it. Yes, there are. Not a profession I am even familiar with. It's very interesting the way they do it, the way that they make the eye and they tailor it to your shape of your face and your eye socket. It's pretty awesome. How long, how long do these eyes last? Mine has lasted, yeah, for kids, for little kids that, you know, they're still growing and their facial muscles are still changing, um, they need to get one, I believe it's once every two to three years. And then for an adult, it's every seven to ten years. Okay, so they do have a have a estimated lifespan. They do. Okay. Which is pretty cool because I'm always joking that the next time I get an eye, I'm going to get a green one just to be different. Just to be different? Yeah. After all the care that was taken to make it match the rest right. of your family background, you're just going to throw it to the wind and be green-eyed. Green-eyed Danielle. Green-eyed Danielle. Yep. Green is one of your favorite colors. It is. What about sneezing if you have a cold or i mean will it pop out and roll across the floor no no it won't mine uh, it stays where it should uh, any good because yours would pop out and bounce across the floor it would you said it bounces and then i wouldn't be able to find it and then the dog might get it and yeah that would be really bad if the dog ate it <laughs> that'd be terrible but i'm sure everyone has one of these spares Right? Don't no. you just get them made by the dozen and just keep them in a drawer? Uh, no, actually, they, they're so customized that you don't. You just have the one that's in your head. I'm I'm sure that you could get extras and you could pay, you know, to have an extra set or if you know if you only need one, then just an extra one. But I I don't have one because they're not inexpensive. Correct. And they're all custom, so yes. you just want to take care of the one you have. Pretty much, yes. Sounds like uh, like an expensive watch. Yeah, yeah, an expensive watch. Might be a watch. bad analogy, but... Well, no, I mean, an expensive watch or, or a really, you know, really, really, really nice piece of jewelry. Or I will say the only time that I do take it out during the day is if I have a really bad eye ache in that particular eye. Sure. Because then it's it's not comfortable and it just, I just want to take it out and give my eye a break. And a little extra air, are they, are they permeable? Um, No, they're not. Okay. But I can still, like, okay, so an example, if I were to get shampoo in my eye while I'm in the shower, even though the shell is over it, my real eye would definitely sting. Because, and the shampoo would get trapped behind it. Yes. So it would be even worse. Oh, yeah. It's it's painful. Oh, yeah. Yep. That would be bad. And, like, when I put on makeup, sometimes I'll get mascara on it, and, I ha- and somebody will be like, well, your eye looks funny. What's the matter with your eye? You'll be like... Nothing. Right. Whoops. <laughs> Nothing. Actually, that's not really what you would say. Danielle would use a phrase like, looks fine to me. Yeah, I would. I which would is what you that. would use. Right. But you can make a joke like that. I can. So, Danielle, what, any last thoughts on what we would want to share with the audience about what a prosthetic eye, maybe someone's a little apprehensive about seeing an ocularist? I would say just do your research and contact the nearest ocularist to you and just ask the questions, you know, any questions that you might have of them as far as consultation or what the process is to get fitted. It doesn't hurt at all to get fitted for your eye. It's very, it's as comfortable as getting poked in the eye can be. Danielle, aren't there also some celebrities that that have had a prosthetic eye? Yeah, actually, some of the more well-known celebrities with prosthetic eyes are uh, Sammy Davis Jr., who is a singer, and his left eye was prosthetic. I did Uh, not know that. Yeah, and uh, Peter Falk. Famous actor. Yes, his right eye is prosthetic. And Leo Fender, who is the founder of the Fender Instruments Company, and he actually invented the Stratocaster. Jammin'. Yep. (laughs) 
jamming. And he did all that with one good eye yes, and sir. one prosthetic eye. Yep. And I did not know that Sammy Davis Jr. or Peter Falk or Fender had prosthetic eyes. Yep, they all sure do. Danielle, this has been one of our more educational shows that we've had. Oh, yeah, and you better believe I'm going to be keeping my eye on you, Harley. Oh, now that was just a bad <laughs> joke to end the show with. My name's Harley Thomas at Blind Living Radio. I'm Danielle Crapo. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com.